What's up, everybody? My name is CJ. And I'm Nate. And this is Word of Mouth Podcast. And the word is in our mouth. Come Come on, somebody. What's up, everybody? Today's episode is going to be a very interesting and fun episode. It's going to involve two podcasts, Word of Mouth Podcast and the Crucial Conversation Podcast with Brian and Tony. We're excited to host uh, this episode, and we're just thankful for them joining us, and we hope that you enjoy what we're calling a Crucial Conversation with the Crucial Conversation Podcast. Come on, somebody. All right, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We're glad to have Crucial Conversation here on the Word of Mouth podcast with us. Uh, Hello, guys. Brian and Tony, what's up? Man, we are so glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's an honor you guys uh, have us on. And like you said in the scripture, man, uh, I think both of us can benefit from this just because we can get both sets of listeners into each other's podcast. It's such a huge thing. I mean, podcast is now the way of, uh, it's the new, it's the new tape. It's the new CD. It's the new right. track. Yeah, it's the new track. That's right. So I'm glad that you guys are doing this with us. I'm glad that there's more episodic podcasts working together. Thanks guys for having us on so much. Hey, Amen, yeah, man. Lord, thank you. Yeah, being able to create a community together—that is—that is so awesome. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's. It. I think it's fun. I, in fact, Brian, I think you you run the uh, Instagram account, correct? Yes, I, I I tend to manage the Instagram account. Other than that, Tony does everything as far as uh, everything. So if there's anybody out there, that's <laughs> if anybody's ever listened to our stuff and been like, "Man, that sounded terrible," that is all, Tony. But if anybody's ever seen anything on Instagram and says that was a good post, that was all me. <laughs> hey, there you go. I like it. Um, <laughs> well, me and Brian, you know, because I run the um, Instagram account as well. But a while back, I think about last year, Brian, I had posted something on my Instagram and where I said, uh, what are some thoughts on some episodes you want to do? And you had commented a, a episode with Crucial Conversation. Well, now here we are. Hey, we're here. I think that was last October because I was I was on a vacation um, and I saw where you had posted me or not me but the Crucial Conversation and many other podcasts together and that's how I first found out about the Word of Mouth podcast and so it's unbelievable I I don't know how how you guys feel but I know for us to think we're talking about October well we started in July I think that's when you guys started too if I'm not mistaken yeah probably we're already we're already over a year in and doing podcasts is unbelievable. Well, not quite a year, but almost. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, and it's fun. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, tomato, tomato, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, man, I'm excited. So, really, um, ultimately, what we were originally going to do was we were going to bring up a topic um, and talk about it. And after, you know, calling you guys and, and you know, we're just basically discussing what we wanted to talk about, we came up with the fact that, with everything going on right now, 
with the pod or with the uh, with the coronavirus and everything going on, we figured this would be probably a good conversation to have. That's crucial, really. Well, before we get into right. how crucial that is, there was something very crucial that happened to me today that I'd like to share with you guys. Yes, sir. But, Go for it. Uh, as you guys know, you Brian texted me in our group thread and said, "Hey, man, when are you gonna meet me up at the church?" I said, "Man, I'm gonna run through Sonic and grab me some cheese sticks and a drink. I'll be up there in a little bit." Y'all, I got a large order of cheese sticks, and they gave me one marinara sauce. <laughs> That's unacceptable. That's, That's terrible. Unacceptable. And I was like, with everything going on in the world today, this is the most that's going on with me right now. This is terrible. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, that just the other day I was at Walmart. It's chaos. You know, the the bread's flying off the shelves. And literally, I'm like, I just went to get some shampoo or something. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get some ice cream. And so I go in the ice cream pot in the aisle. It's untouched. It's, you know, it's fully stocked. I go to the Blue Bell, and I, I'm like, I need some some guidance so i call my pastor and i'm like pastor i need your help i need some spiritual guidance what flavor of ice cream goes best with the end of the world <laughs> and uh you know he gave me some advice and i was thinking the great divide you know half of us are gonna make it half aren't you know i don't know but that's all but I feel you, there's a lot of stuff cream? going on what kind of ice cream did you get i mean that's what everybody's probably wondering right now you know what? I went with the cookies and cream, but it was oh. like a new version with the cookie dough in it. Oh man! So Game come on, somebody. That's what I went with. <laughs> hey, I was double trouble. Nobody wants vanilla as their last ice cream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's bland. Yeah, and you that's you bland. ain't lying. See, uh, and this is totally whatever. But uh, my pastor will come. We'll go have dinner because my pastor is my father-in-law, and so. We'll go over there for dinner, and he says, I've got ice cream, and I'm thinking he's got butter crunch or some good stuff. No, he's got plain vanilla in his freezer, and I'm like, dude, I don't want no vanilla in my house. No. Oh, it's horrible. Here. <laughs> hey, it's all right, though. Now I want ice cream. Thanks a lot, guys. No, we do, too. No, so anyway, you know, and... Yeah, huh? <laughs> this is what's nice is, and I, we had talked about it in our thread that um, with everything going on, the fear, the, the really just the panic attack of everybody right. is that we can generally just have a conversation about coronavirus and, mm -hmm. and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I want to just say something here. Um, this is hysteria at its finest, in my opinion. Um, I have right. never in my life seen the amount of chaos that's going on, not just in um, in the uh, outer carnal world, but in the spiritual world, too. We had service here today, and at lunch today, I was talking with somebody that attends our church as well, and we both felt like, man, there's just, the focus isn't on God right now. The focus is on mm. what's going around. That's right. And I, I feel like if we're not very careful, we're going to be, um, we're not going to be connected to the right source whenever we're dependent on. Whenever people's coming to right. us saying, uh, you're the church, we need the church, the prayers are what we need of the church. And I'm afraid that we're just going to miss that because our focus and our mindset is on what's wrong instead of what's Everything right. Everything but, right. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And you know, the thing is... Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And, and one thing I want to make Get sure... Get caught up. Before, before 
we move past this because you know we're just kind of doing an organic conversation starting off talking about this but one thing i want to make sure to say to people as far as people want to know like what are the practical things that we can do during this time and one thing that i do want to say to all of the the christians out there that attend church regularly do not stop giving in your tithes and offering during this time. Oh, come on, somebody. If your church has to to shut down because of either the state has said, hey, we're not allowing gatherings of over 250 people, it is crucially important for your church and your members to still be faithful in giving because whether you're assembly there or not, you still have bills coming to that church. That's right. And Amen. So, and what, that's crazy that you say that just because in our youth, um, we have a Bible study that Brother Nate has actually put together um, along with somebody else. But we teach it generally to anybody who we're doing an uh, eight part Bible study with. But I'm teaching it to the to my young people to kind of get them into teaching Bible studies more with their friends. And it just so happened at the end of this Bible study, it went into how do you rob God? And it was, it literally asked in, in Malachi 3, and I believe it's in the, I'm, I can look it up right here in a minute, but I believe it's verse 14 or so, where he says, have you, you robbed God? And right. how do you rob God? It goes on to the next one. It says, in your tithe and offering. Right. Well, I don't think that we need to limit it just to in your tithe and offering. I mean, we do need to take word for it being truth and gospel, but there are so many ways that we can rob God. And I felt like today, so many, oh, yeah. so many people all over the United States robbed God and themselves of his presence because of what, and that is, well, you truth. just, you just mentioned it. Just, you just mentioned it. You hit it on the head is that everybody's focus is on everything, but God, you're robbing God of his time, his attention, his necessity as being seek ye first, the kingdom of God. But instead of everybody, you know, focusing on everything else, you're robbing God in that innocence. So, and the sad yeah, thing totally is, the sad thing is you're actually stealing from yourself as well. You, you, Amen. you, me, the guy next to you, the woman in front of you, we all robbed ourselves of that blessing because we were wondering, where can I go after church to, to grab some toilet paper? What can we do to stay away from certain things? I don't want to go pray with that brother up in the altar because I, I don't know what he's who's he's been around. What are we talking about? Are we crazy around here? No, we 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 robbed ourselves today, and I want to make sure that our heart and our spirit's in the right place, even with everything. No, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, it's just it's it's just utter chaos right now. It's so easy to get focused on the wrong things, brother Nate, and and, yes, sir. and to to. Perfect example. Here's an example. So Jesus is preaching in Matthew chapter number 24, and he starts in, he starts talking about how false prophets are going to arise. People are going to come in, you know, professing in his name, but they're, they're not true. Yeah. It talks about there's going to be nation rising against nation. There's going to be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And brother CJ, whenever we talk about end time so often, we always are focused in what Antichrist is doing in the world, but we can lose right. focus on what Jesus Christ is doing in the world. Because as yes, Jesus right. goes through, Amen. as Jesus going through from verses basically number one all the way down to number thirteen, it talks about all these uh, cataclysmic things that seem to happen in conjunction with the eschatology, the the ending, That's time, right. the last days. But the most power, one of the most powerful verses in Matthew 24 is in verse number 14 when it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world for a witness upon nation, and then shall the end come. The ultimate Amen. sign of the end times 
is not coronavirus. It's not wars. It's not some European leader rising up. The ultimate sign of the end times is this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in all the world. And right. the Amen. will come. And so through all of this, that these things are happening in the world, we can't get so focused on what, again, Antichrist is doing that we Jesus Christ is doing. And, spe- and I think Amen. there's a spirit of fear that is many times attached with studies like we were mentioning when people study Matthew chapter 24 and whenever hysterias like this happen or whenever tragedies right. happen like 9-11, where was God and all this? And we can lose focus on what God is doing through all of the scope of history and how God's gospel is going to go through all the world. But that's when the end will come. Yes. Amen. Amen. And, and so, I mean, I think that um, with, with like today, the churches that stayed open, that's awesome. The churches that had to shut down, we understand. It's We're blessed to be in a time now we can, we can be online and we can observe services online. But let's not forget to take care of our churches, as I said. And, and be dedicated to those services and and, Amen. and give to those churches so that we can keep, because eventually this is going to go away. This will pass like anything else. And we still need a church to go back to whenever it, That's it right. clears up. That's right. Amen. Amen. And what's funny is uh, like normally, so we're a smaller church. We run about, oh, I'd say on a good Sunday, about 80 right about now. Um, but brother Nate wasn't here and he actually asked me, he's like, what, how was church today? I said, man, it was on fire. Our pastor preached. He said, but it was real small. And he said, well, how small? I said about 25. Um, and it just, that just kind of hit me today after seeing an, uh, a full church last week to an almost empty church this week, seeing just the fear that people are having. And they're just forgetting that the place that they could go to, to get away from the fear mm-hmm. is being neglected. Right. And so the, I, I just agree. The church is supposed to be a sanctuary. Amen. And, that's right. And so in the church, as you were saying, uh, Brother CJ, is the church should be the place where people feel safe, where they feel welcome, where they feel acceptance. And, and especially, uh, this is such a great evangelistic opportunity for us. That's right. Is, that's is right. Being able to, to find people that are, are afraid of what's going to happen and being able to say there's a safe place you can go. That, that there's Right, a so that's kind of... I'm sorry, no, go, you ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, so I was just going to say, that's kind of where it's like really, you know, we're not really here to talk about the coronavirus. That's kind of the big point. It's like we're here to talk about what's going on as far as, you know, this is really awakening, in my opinion, is like... Awakening as to the church to be really to be what it's called to be. James says, "If there be any sick among you, you know, let them come forth. Let us, yeah, uh, you know, lay hands on them. Let the elders lay hands on them." And and uh, I feel like just it's just it's an awakening as to yeah, there's a crisis, but it's about how you respond to all that. Not just so much, you know, we're not here to talk about the coronavirus, but it's like the signs of the times. We know that it's kind of like a. Like you were saying, people are aware of their mortality right now more than ever. You know, they're kind of they're not able to watch their sports. They're not able to go to Disneyland and, and people are stuck you know, listening to the rhetoric or whatever you would have it of, of the media and, and just the loud screams of, of of the spirit of fear saying, you know, don't go outside, buy all every last strip of toilet paper. 
And so people are awake to, you know, what's going on. And, you know, I might get this little tiny bug or someone might get it or someone, every, you know, everybody, everybody flips out on the guy sneezing next to them. But I see this, like you said, a real uh, event, you know, uh, a real opportunity to just be like, look, while people are aware of, uh, of the mortality, be like, man, you don't have to fear death, you know, or you don't have to be afraid. He doesn't give us a spirit of fear. You know, does that make sense? I, I just feel like that's really what we should focus on as the church saying, look, you know, we're here. Uh, and the, uh, those who are in the ministry, you know, Jesus laid hands on the lepers. Well, you know, one of the most nasty diseases there was worse than the coronavirus, you know, and he laid his hands on them. And, and uh, I feel like Yes, people are afraid. We need to be aware of people's, you know, feelings and whatnot as far as, you know, the elderly and, and those who, you know, and especially like our pastors, you know, and as far as, you know, the role that they, they have to fulfill is keeping people safe and whatnot. But just I feel like this is just a I really feel there's a shift in the spirit to where, man, I really feel like God's about to do something that he's been wanting to do. And it's just. Like you said, don't look at what everybody else is doing. Look what Jesus is doing, just like you're saying. Bro, I feel like God's just trying to move. Pray for me, but wash your hands first. But then pray for me. <laughs> hey, that's to have a pastor by the name of Jeff Morgan that pastors in Mountain Home, Arkansas, and he has this quote from a uh, sermon that he he preached. It actually went viral here on Facebook, and it said, "I think more people are afraid of coronavirus than they are of hell." Can mm. you guys imagine if? The church caught a revelation of hell instead of the coronavirus like they are now. Could you guys imagine the church, the the atmosphere, the Holy Ghost moving as if we are afraid that God's coming back at that moment? Mm, for real. Could and, you imagine and who, if the world realized this is it? This is it for me. I got to find my church. I got to find that place of repentance. And I think it was Amen. Matt Tuttle that I just saw, like, I don't know, a couple hours ago that had posted um, he said, this is just me, but I'm going to start calling it the Corona revival. There it is. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> and it's the truth, man, because it's just like all what you guys are saying. It's like, for one, if they feared Corona as they feared hell. Uh, didn't you guys have a, just recently you had a pastor come on who literally has gone viral over Instagram and Facebook with his message on hell? Yeah, we had uh, um, the general superintendent of the ALJC that was on with us. He had a sermon on what was the name of that sermon, Brian? Um, um, what could be better than heaven and worse than hell, I believe, is what it was. Yeah. Um, it was a two-part series, yeah, actually. Pastor Kenneth Carpenter, I mean, he we asked him the question, and I, I'm going to do something that's completely, um, I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyway. If you guys haven't heard that episode, we urge you to go to the Crucial Conversation podcast page yes. and go listen to it. Shameless For sure. Plug. Yes, that's just a shameless plug. But I, I, I mean that that episode, it touched us. It touched me and it touched our listeners. It's our number, I think it's fourth most listened to podcast episode. Um, it's it, it's reaching thousands of people, and it's 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 because we don't have preaching anymore that is hell you're going to hell it's fire and brimstone we have god loves you jesus jesus is your friend i'm not i, I get soaked guys i'm getting ready to get on soapbox now. no go for it but i get so sick and tired of our praise and worship singing songs like i'm a friend of god i'm not a friend of god god is my savior he died for me he is my savior he's my king and we we preach about how god's our buddy and he's our comforter he's our shield. yes he is but also 
we we need to understand that there is a place called hell. There is a place that you can go to that Amen. will spend eternity. And like he said, that it's still in glimpses of heaven. So you can see what you've missed out on. Mm. I mean, I I am I implore you to go listen to that episode. It's an incredible episode. Amen. And it really is. And that just just that little clip. And I know I heard I had some guy that I, I follow on Facebook. He said, look. You need to listen to the whole message, not just a piece. Well, the piece makes me want to go listen to the whole message, and the whole message, really, just even that piece will get me at an altar. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And but I enjoyed that episode um, for sure. That it is a fire episode. Early, um, early in the Pentecostal revival, the two things that drew people to the altar were sermons on hell and on the soon coming of the Lord. I mean, that's, those are the messages that have gotten us here. Amen. And that's kind of the shift is like, like uh, with all this coronavirus and all that jazz is like, is that the people need to realize that Jesus is coming back. And that's a crucial conversation to have is that the, the coming of the Lord is coming. And you read it right there in Matthew 24. You started listing, you know, um, but in, in Luke, which is it's a parallel, it's a parallel uh, gospel, we know. But he says, uh, Jesus begins, he's going through in verse 26 of Luke 21. He says, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking, looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then he says, after those things, when people start having fear in the heart and they're literally just... They're losing their bananas. It says, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Is that there is a, a day coming that our Savior, our King, our Master, the Judge, the Creator of heaven and earth is coming. And uh, I'm just, that just goes into everything that we're talking here? about. Of course. So I wonder how many, how many people that's in our church pews when they do see him as the judge instead of the friend, how many people still going to call him friend? How many of our saints hey, there still going to call him friend whenever they're, they're being judged by him by the way that we lived our life that he Ooh. gave us here on earth? Yeah, we sang about it. Yeah, we talked about it. But how did we live it? Mm. Um, that's a, that's a good point. A, in the Bible, Jesus is in the garden praying. And Judas comes to him and kisses him on the cheek as a sign of betrayal. And Jesus says, why have you come, friend? Friend. And so, yeah. and so that that's... I am a friend <laughs> yeah. of God. I mean, it, we love that song, as Tony was saying. He calls me it, friend. But you're also he a betrayer. called Judas a friend, too. And it didn't, <laughs> yeah. mean that he was, didn't mean that he was right. And so... You know, obviously Jesus is to be a friend to us. He's supposed to, he's to be closer than a brother to us. But but here's the thing: is we we get Amen. into this mindset of relationship always trumps religion, and in a sense, it is true. In fact, any just about any time in the Bible it refers to religion, it's always in a negative sense. But the way that that I think right. about these topics is you can't have one without the other. Religion without any sort of relationship, it's dead. I mean, there, there's not, there's no life in it. But having a relationship without commitment is a whoredom. You have experience of a relationship, but you don't have any commitment to that relationship. And so the way I think of the relationship of religion and relationship is this. 
is religion creates do's and do nots, but relationship creates motive. And so, and so the religion or what we would see is, is, you know, teaching the scripture that gives us the things we should do and we should not do. But having a relationship with God through prayer creates the motivation in us to live in accordance to his word. And I think that we can't get into the mindset that I think our world wants to put into us where we can create some great divide between religion and relationship. Mm. Amen. Amen. And, and so with that, I think, again, there's a big push in our world today to say, well, you shouldn't have religion. I think that's code for you don't need church in your life. Right. And, 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 but so I think we need to have both. I think that we need to have commitment to God and we need to have dedication to God and we need to have a respect and a fear of the Lord. No, amen. Amen. You, hey, that's, that's really the money. And I, I, while you were reading that, it just reminded me, I have some quotes written down and I don't have a name with this one, but it says, the religion versus relationship mantra is devious. True religion keeps you unspotted from the world, and true religion supports relationship. Amen. And it says, I have another one. I don't know who someone was on a roll, I guess. It says, saying relationship, not religion, is, decept- is a deceptive mantra that has turned many from biblical discipline to spiritual anarchy. So I agree. It's like, we got to know who this God is that we have a relationship with, that he is not just... He's not just, uh, you know, the sugar yeah. daddy in the sky that he is God almighty that he holds. You know, he said, don't all fear the one who kill your body, but rather feel the one who could kill your body and soul. Yeah. And, and you, you can't, uh, dude, Nate, that is so awesome, dude. That, that was just an awesome quote. You can't know the Lord outside of the scriptures. Mm, amen. I mean, right. You have amen. to have that systematic respect. You need to have a pastor in your life because it's his job to teach you the word of God. You need a Bible study That's right. in your life. You need a devotion to the Word of God in your life, but you also need a prayer time where you, where Come on, through the Word you hear God's voice, in prayer He hears your voice. Whoo! And Come on, the, man. the basic concepts of relationship is communication. Right. He's got to communicate right. to you through His Word, and you've got to communicate to Him through prayer. One of the best. Amen. That's why David said, "Order my steps." In your one work. of the best things I've ever Amen. heard was a guy who was teaching on prayer one time. Like Brian was just talking about, you can't have a relationship without knowing somebody. And here's the thing. The, the, the thing that this guy was talking about during his prayer seminar was, yeah, you can pray for me, but you can't pray for me. I know what. You can't pray for me. Yeah. yeah you, you can't pray for me. I know what's wrong with me. You see what you think is wrong with me. I know what's wrong with me. And here's the thing. Oh, constantly. We need to, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we need to stop. We have got to stop the, oh, I'm going to pray for you, but first I'm going to take you to the group thread just to make sure my friends know to pray for you. No, you can. You, oh, you can I can't miss stand that, that, man. If you're going to go up there, you're going to say, brother, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I need, I'm led to pray for you, and you get some information. That information is not for you to go spread to your gossip groups. Amen. And I'm under the persuasion that it needs to be like this. The Lord kind of convicted me a long time ago. It's like, 
how many times how many times in our walk with God already have you you know you run across somebody and you know that whatever happens and you're like I'm gonna pray for you then you never even pray for yeah. them yeah hundred percent. It's like when you say you're going to pray for somebody, you know, pray for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to prayer, this is kind of funny to me, is people get nervous when people come to churches of men who minister in the gifts of the Spirit because they're afraid they're going to read their mail. Right. God right. doesn't spread gossip. God isn't going come to on, just somebody. tell the prophet what's going on in your life unless... It's in connection to trying to divert, defer a judgment from you or to try and help you in some other way. But as far as if I have the gift of prophecy or the word of knowledge, if I walk into a church, I don't expect God to tell me about everybody in that church that I shake hands with. God will only speak to yes, the man of God and the prophet what is crucial for that moment in that time. But he, God's not going around Amen. spreading your gossip, so you don't have to be nervous around somebody that has a prophetic gift because God's not out trying not trying to out you to anybody. He's trying to help Hey, you. that's a word right so there. That's a word the right there. If the man of God Amen. comes to you with a word of prophecy for you or a word of knowledge about you, it's not because God's trying to embarrass me, embarrass you. He's trying to help you. Amen. Amen. I, for me, ever anybody who knows me on a, a personal level, they know that I sometimes, not that I struggle with uh with prophets that come into our church it's just the bible is very very crystal clear when it comes to talking about false prophecies you know you want to make sure that you have that true connection with god so i don't want just anybody speaking into my life guys i don't want just anybody laying their hands on my head i don't want just anybody that is not prayed up and filled up speaking something into my life that i'm gonna accept that it's not from god so mm, whenever that's right. we have these these prophets that come through, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna be for me or not. But I pray to God, give me a word. I don't care. I don't care yeah, if it's amen. gonna hurt me. I don't care if it's gonna upset me. Give me that word. But I want to know it's from God. I mean, the, the last thing that I want to do, and I I have been in the presence of a false prophet. I have been uh, on on separate two separate occasions. One occasion I'll tell you about because it was probably 20 years ago where a guy was giving an interpretation from a tongues that had just started. And my pastor, you could tell that he was just straight in tune with God. I was I was a kid. I was watching instead of having my eyes closed like the Christian thing to do. But I was watching, looking around. And I looked <laughs> at my pastor and I just saw it like it hit him like a ton of bricks. And he stood up with his eyes closed and he demanded that man to stop. That it wasn't a God. And I think right. we still need to have that boldness about Amen. us. Oh, yeah. Whenever something is spoken to our life, you can say, no, that's 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 not it. That's not right. Um, and that goes into what we're talking about as far as you. It's like your pastor, it's like your pastor, he, the thing is, is his, he's in tune with God because of his relationship with God. And that goes into, we need to be who we really are, who we say we are as far as, we're the real deal. We're apostolic. We need to really tap into that presence so that way we can identify the fakes and the phonies from the, mm-hmm. you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Because God through, God, through the spirit, will let you 
Because if you're not tapped into, that's why that's why you have so many false religions, and you got everybody's a prophet and everybody's Come on. an apostle, and everybody's speaking in people's lives is because nobody has any kind of discernment. Nobody right. has any because nobody's really tapped into the presence of God or listening, or maybe they're just all spirit and no word, and they have no guidelines for your life, like you were just saying. So, man, how how crucial yeah. it is that we just be. I'm gonna start using that word. Hey, crucial, shit works, but. <laughs> yeah, we, we man. We have got to know Jesus better. We have got to. Amen. And that goes into everything that's going on as far as what's in the world. is like if people knew Jesus and had a fear of the Lord, they wouldn't fear all this other baloney. Yeah. Well, see, and here's here's one thing I was thinking earlier in, in this conversation I had recently that kind of shocked me because, you know, I made a reference earlier about how the modern Pentecostal apostolic revival was built on sermons around hell and the coming of the Lord. But when you study the book of Acts, there's not one sermon in the book of Acts about hell. And they had tremendous mm. revival. Why is it that in the book of Acts, we call ourselves a book of, book of Acts church. Why is there no sermons on hell? It's because evangelism should not be built around instilling a fear in people. That's right. Because you may be able to win people with fear, but you can't keep people with fear. And hey, hey, that's a, that brings up a, a statistic I heard about. It was like church t- attendance after 9-11, you know, terrible event. But church attendance arose in America. People flooded and to then the they church went house home. out of fear. And then they and, went and home. And that's the one thing I'm afraid of with coronavirus is whatever evangelism we have, if it's born solely out of I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me, then they won't stick. But if they can have a fear of the Lord, which is Amen. Amen. nothing to do with I'm scared of God. It has everything no. to do with I respect Reverence. God as God in my life. And all this to him. That's right. If, Reverence. If I Amen. can fall in love with him and have a respect for God and get to know him as my Savior through the gospel, that's how you begin this process of discipleship in someone's life. It can't be because they're Amen. just scared of what's going to happen to them tomorrow. Because eventually, right. coronavirus is going to be a thing in the past. There's going to be a vaccine. There, the the news story is going to change. Their situation is going to change. And that fear is going to subside. Even if it's a sermon where you're preaching hell to people, the only way you're going to be able to keep that church is you've got to preach hell every service. But those people that have been there for 20 years, eventually their fear of hell is going to go away. Right, because we can become. To them. Right, exactly. I want to tell on myself. Can I tell on myself, y'all? So Do it. Yeah. I was uh, uh, a newlywed, which has been <clears throat> nine years now. I can't believe I've been married for almost nine years, man. Well, praise God. <laughs> Good job. But I remember when I was a newlywed, uh, I was I was having a hard time letting go of that bachelor lifestyle. Uh, you know, I had a I had friends that uh, was from my I, I moved state. A lot of people know that I moved from Illinois to Arkansas, and I had a hard time letting go of some of those friends back home. And you know, I my wife would keep telling me, you know, you need to cut that out of your life. You're no longer a bachelor anymore. You know, it was nothing bad. I don't want to say anything bad like that, but it was just. I'm, I'm no longer a, a bachelor. I don't need to be living that lifestyle of texting friends and such. And, you know, she asked me one time, she said, uh, I, I noticed you don't talk to those people anymore. And I said, you're exactly right. And she said, well, why did you stop talking to him? I said, 
because I don't want to get caught. She said, if that's the reason you're not doing it, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Right. If we are doing stuff mm. in our relationship with God, it's because we're afraid of the alternative. We have missed the whole point. Of that's right. Amen. We have missed the whole Amen. point that's right. of being a Pentecost. We have missed everything that we are supposed to be. We had a conversation with somebody, I forget who it was, but I'm so sick and tired, Nate and CJ, of hearing people say, what do I have to do to get to heaven? What do I have to do? I want to change that in my life. The bare minimum. I want to change that in my life to, what can I do to get to heaven? What do I get Amen. To? What Amen. can I do? Amen. I, I like that. What's the bare minimum I have to do for God to make it to heaven? And that is something I mm. wish I could change. Amen. Yeah, and that just reminds me, since we're like, I have a little testimony time, I guess. I was just, I, I, me and CJ, we work for the same company. We drive truck. And, and so I listen, to, I listen to podcasts and I'll listen, you know, to preaching or music or, you know, whatever. And I'll be driving. And I was listening, I was listening to, uh, uh, man, he was an elder. I think he's passed on now. And, but, uh, he was just talking about he's preaching about heaven which is something you don't hear about either really and uh i like man the spirit just moved on me in my truck and i was just like i want to see jesus i don't want to just be like you know you know dragged in there it's like oh i did my like you said the bare minimum it's like i want to see jesus so much that and like i want him to look at me and say oh it's like that phrase you you hear it's like he's not going to say well done if you haven't done anything well Hmm. It's like, I want to do my very best. I want to give him my first fruits, not just of my money. I want to give him my first fruits of me being a father, of me being a good husband, as me me being a soul winner, as me being a minister. It's like, I want to do the very best at, at, at everything that I do for yeah. him. You know? It, it should affect sense? every aspect of our life. Um, you know, I actually preached a couple Wednesday nights ago here at the church. And I gave, kind of was doing a Bible study because it's Wednesday night. I tend to do more of the Bible teaching if it's Wednesday. And I try to be, try to be more of uh, an ex, uh, exhort more if it's Sunday. But on Wednesday, I, I talked about how we, we have this, um, a lot of people, they'll teach about uh, the types of repentance, baptism, and infilling of the Holy Ghost in type and shadow in different se- sections of the Old Testament. And... And right. you guys heard people talk about how repentance was uh, exampled in the leaving of Egypt, the children of Israel leaving Egypt. And yes. baptism is the going through the Red Sea. And the influence right. of the Holy Ghost is when the pillar of cloud and the fire by night had descended uh, upon them. Right. right. I don't agree with that in this sense. I don't think the pillar of cloud and the fire was the Holy Ghost. I think that was a type and shadow of being led by the Spirit. And, led by and, the Spirit. And right. so what, okay. is, what is it then that is the type in the Old Testament of the infilling of the Holy Ghost? <clears throat> it was the law. Because Jesus says that when the Spirit comes, it will teach you all things whatsoever you shall do. Isaiah prophesied about Amen. the Holy Ghost, talked about how he would put the Spirit in you and that your, your tongue, uh, that, that uh, he would speak to this people in another tongue. Um, it's kind of it talked about in Isaiah. It's in the context of line upon line, precept upon precept. Yeah, the, exactly. 
hear it's little talking about and the little. written law. And so I think that we have precedent in the scriptures to show that the law of the Old Testament, which could not accomplish in the flesh what God wanted to do, now in the spirit brings fulfillment. So what does that have to do with anything? You said you want your relationship with Christ to affect every aspect of your life and how you're a father, how that you're a husband, how you, right. you're a preacher, all, all things. The law of the Old Testament affected yes, every aspect of their life. Everything that they That's ate, amen. everything yep. that they did, the way that they worked. And I think that we miss the concept so many times in Pentecost that the Holy Ghost is only so you can speak in tongues. But it doesn't make you a, but it doesn't make you a better father. It doesn't make you a better Christian. It mm. doesn't make you a better employee. It doesn't make you eat healthy and take care of the temple of the Holy Ghost. I think, Ooh, I come think on, that the Spirit of God wants to begin the process of sanctification of every sanctification, aspect of thank you. Yes. Where every, everything that makes us who we are and everything that we do day by day is affected positively by the work of the Spirit in our life. And that every day, through the grace of Christ, we can do better tomorrow than we did today in every area of our life. The Spirit should affect every Amen. I agree 100%. aspect of who you are. Amen. Every aspect. Amen. So did you record that um, preaching? No, they didn't record it that Wednesday night. <laughs> they didn't. Oh, man. I was going to say, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> I was to tell y'all's pastor to get Brian down there in Arizona to preach. That boy can tear it up. He's one of the best preachers at our church. Well, we have about 12 ministers on our roster here. That's not necessary, but thanks. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, hey, let's do it. I'll Dude, that would we'll be figure effort. it out. <laughs> no, but, but you know, and, to, the, to the thought about the spirit, dude, it's just, it's, it is unbelievable to me to think of, of how little sometimes we allow the Holy Ghost to really affect who we are as a Pentecostal and, it, and how it should no, affect our heart. And, and like thinking about the Old Testament law, this is something else I had a conversation with uh, our friend John Carroll we had on our podcast about. As we talked shameless. to, we talked to, yeah, shameless plug again, I'm sorry. But we, we, we talked about <laughs> how, uh, he talked, we were talking about church gossip and we were talking about how it's easy today for a pastor to slander another pastor's reputation. And when we talk Amen. about in the scripture how to establish doctrine, you need to have two or three witnesses. Sometimes we talk yes, about sir. that. That is not what the concept in the Old Testament was about two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. It was talking about courts of law. You, you right? Like you need you to. You could yes, not sir. bring an accusation against somebody in the Old Testament without two the mouth of two or three witnesses. And if you brought an accusation that was unfounded and unproved by the two or three witnesses. The punishment of whatever it was, if it was found that person was innocent and you brought an accusation, you received the punishment accusation. So if I accuse yes, sir. Right, you right. of an adult of having adultery on your wife and it was not confirmed in a court of law, stoning was the penalty of, a, of uh, the sin of adultery. If I accused you, CJ, of adultery and I was wrong and not proven in the court of law, I would be the one who was stoned. Imagine right, right, if right. the Holy Ghost would put a conviction in our heart about slandering one another. Uh-oh. That the mm. punishment of that slander, of whatever it would be, how they would lose friends, 
or they would have to resign their church, or they would have to turn their minister's license. Imagine if the Holy Ghost touched us in such a way of whatever that punishment of our slander against somebody wouldn't be measured to them, but it would come back to us. Where if I am a pastor and I accuse you of being unfaithful, if I'm wrong, I have to resign my church. All of a sudden, how, positions and titles are not important. How different would that change the culture of who we are as a church? It'd make you think twice before you uh, start. Exactly. Slandering your brother and yeah. sister. Yes. <laughs> the, the Holy Ghost needs to wants to do that kind of work in us. It wants to put that kind no, of I agree. I agree. Hearts. Amen. But the question is, is that, will we let bingo. it? Because oftentimes people bingo. won't. They won't. And so why is it? They're like, was that the Holy Ghost or was that the pizza yeah. I ate? Yeah. <laughs> so why and the thing is, is that's you, what you, you hit the money is like speaking in tongues. That's just the initial oh, sign. Yeah. That's it. You know, as far as, yeah, we, you know, I'm not belittling it or anything like that, but there is so much that that's not what the, that's not the sole purpose of what his spirit it's his spirit it's god coming inside of us that's there's like like you said it's like it, he wants to affect us in every aspect just like that where all of a sudden and and you, people are lying if they say they don't feel whenever you start you know when you you reach for the thing that you know like whatever and god puts a conviction on you or you start opening up your mouth like you just said and you start slandering your gossiping it's like you know people are lying if they say they Oh, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel, it doesn't feel wrong. If they do have the Holy Spirit, you did, they got the Holy Ghost, they were going to feel some kind of conviction on whether or not they ignore it like Brother CJ Yeah, Nate, when, when people say, oh, that doesn't convict me, that makes me very nervous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, 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 when people say, oh, I'm not convicted about that, that's not a good thing. Mm. Yeah, that's just a cop out a lot of times. Like, I wonder who that sermon was for. Uh, more than likely it was for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're it's, right. it's, just, it's unbelievable how sometimes we can respond to the Word of God. It's funny how we sometimes respond to the Word of God, that it's always for somebody else. And, and it's just, it, it's unbelievable how how people, you, you know, there's uh, that scripture where it talks about how I will send them a strong delusion and they will believe a lie. That's you know, right. There's, uh-huh. there's a lot of people, they'll walk away from apostolic truth and they'll say, God's leading me on this journey. He is. He's leading you in the journey away from truth because you receive not a love for the truth. He's delivered me and out of so bondage. He has given you over to a reprobate mind. So it's not a good thing. Right. Right. No, for sure. And I, something to go along with what you were just saying with, you know, the whole, just how is that sermon for me? Um, and I, I've had it to where, in just a little confession time, where I've sat through a sermon, I think, Hey, I'm a minister. That's probably not for me, but it's going to be for my neighbor who really needs this. And I, I, you don't allow, you know, the Holy Ghost to just do what he's trying to do through you as well as a minister. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to and I so say I, something about Brian was talking about having a relationship um, with, with God and developing a relationship I, I sometimes feel, I have a two-year-old, I sometimes feel like I ha- I'm inadequate at being a father. I feel like sometimes I've failed. Uh, I could do things better. My wife does things better than I do with my daughter. Uh, and I just I Amen. just feel Thank like, you, you know, I, I'm putting all of my eggs in one basket, hoping that I'm doing the right thing sometimes. And I wonder if 
we do that as Christians with God. We're just thinking, I'm doing all this thing, all these things for God, and I hope this relationship's good enough for Him. Mm-hmm. And then everybody around us is depending on us, and we're so focused on one thing that we lose. Right. We lose what the whole purpose we're we're there for. Um, like for for instance, um, we had a man. I keep doing this, and I don't mean to, but we had that episode with a guy just a few weeks ago. And his episode impacted me so much, guys. I came back from that episode, or from that uh, that trip in Wisconsin. I said, God, you've got to shake this feeling that I'm having. I've listened to his episode probably four or five times. I was like, God, you've got to shake this feeling. Um, somebody's got to, to help these guys and these men that's struggling with his addictions in their life. And it was the, it was at the, yes, the yes. pornography episode. Uh, Oh my word! Yes, that was God, very good. You've got to do something about this this huge issue that's in the church that nobody's talking about. And just like our our good friend Tony McCall said, you better be careful when you ask God to do something about it because if you're not careful, you're going to be the one that's doing something about it. And I went to our pastor and I said, right. "Man, I have just this strong feeling that we need to start something." about all the men in our church that struggle. There may not be a single person. I may be the only person that's ever struggled with sexual addiction or pornography. I may be the only person. But I just feel like we've got to tackle this before Satan does get it if if he's not already got some of our men. And I mean, I have just went through all these things that, and I just want to make sure that my relationship with God is good through it all. That I'm not more worried about my brothers and sisters that's around me that I've lost connection with God, that I'm giving them the pure and right things to say. And, you know, that he can use me and work through me that I'm not so worried about one thing that I'm disconnected from another. Right. Right. I'm sorry. That was a long rant and rave. Sorry about that. Amen. <laughs> no, you're good. No, we, that's fine, man. But, we enjoy it. <laughs> so then, you know, so with that being said, you know, we've been talking about the, just the coronavirus in general, so after all this is gone, you know, and the fear and the hype of it all, is what do you guys think would, I mean, I, I of course, I, I'm just kind of a loaded question. I already, I feel like I already know the answer, but it's just good to talk about. You never know who's listening. Um, is just how should we go about, oh, well, hey, we made it through it, guys. So let's just keep working through and, and, and wait till the next pandemic so we can fill the church. Well, Brian, or I was do we, do I was on vacation somewhere, and I was in the airport, and I called Brian. Uh, he was preaching that we had such an awesome outpouring revival at our church a couple of months ago. We had a whole church come to our church to get baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah, exactly. they saw they they saw oh, they, they God. saw revelation, and it just so happened to be my boy Brian was on the schedule to preach that night. I'm going to take a long way to answer your question, okay? Come on, somebody. So they had, they had, we probably no, had go ahead. probably hour, hour and 15 minutes baptismal service. Yeah, we baptized and 14 people. Come on, somebody. And people kept coming up to Brian saying, hey, man, Come you on, somebody. preach, you got to preach, it's got kind of getting kind of long. We don't want them to, you know, the service to be too long. And I, I don't know how Brian felt about that, but let me tell you how I feel about that. We have got brand new babies in the church. They just got baptized in Jesus' name. The, the, the ground is freshly plowed. Why would I not plant right. that seed while, that, while it's mm. freshly tilled and it's about to rain? 
It, and I, I'm saying while we are going on, through something some people call a hysteria that everybody's freaking out about and we've got people in our church, now is the time to capitalize. We had visitors in our church today. A lot of attendance was down. We had first time guests in our church today. Praise God. And, and, come, and come it's, on, time, come on, it's time that we, we capitalize on not fear, but faith. That's right. Mm. Amen. That's the quote that I've been seeing everywhere. Yeah, I mean, faith that's, over that's, fear. That's as common as the Vision 2020 thing that every church is doing right now. But I'm telling For you. For sure. <laughs> but nobody saw the coronavirus <laughs> <Yeah>. coming. <laughs> but here's the thing, man. If you really think about faith over fear, don't 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 go around telling people about how you got faith over fear. Whenever you're, whenever you're just saying about, I don't know where I'm gonna get my toilet paper from. I mean, I can't <laughs> come on, somebody. Help! I need help. Hey, I'm just gonna let you know if you guys need some uh, information on what you can do if you run out of toilet paper. Just talk to Brother Nate. He's got this idea of a one square trick that's one just phenomenal. That sounds like yeah, a crucial conversation. We'll <laughs> this is a crucial conversation. Right? Oh man, I, you don't have to use any. You just oh have man. To shower right after. <laughs> well, have you seen those posts that have been going around, man? That like they they attach the shower yes, head I did to that's that. a bad toilet seat. Yeah, affordable day. Yeah. <laughs> well, some redneck did a a, a shower head, oh, not a bandaid. He did a shower. If y'all want to buy stock, go into (laughs) mypotato.com. That's hilarious. (laughs) But but to your question about to your question, Uh, remind me again. You said that what do we do now? What do we what do we do now, or or what do we do after this is already over with? I can't remember. I believe it's what do we should we do afterward? I mean, because right now you got fear everywhere i'm talking like you me and my wife were talking about it we uh you know we talked yesterday and we told you you know we went to uh an old old tucson for our five-year anniversary and everybody was talking about it there we went to olive garden everybody was talking about it there we went to all kinds of other places everybody's talking about it and so after it's all gone and the heist you know the hype is all gone it's like you know how some people will just stop Mm -hmm. outreaching and, and stop doing what they're doing because all of a sudden the pandemic's gone. We need to just, I, and so this is kind of my, I guess my answer to my own question, but we just yeah. need to keep going right? and let them know. You know, my pastor preached today. He said, look, this, this pandemic's going to end. There may be, I believe this is a sign to an even bigger one. The Bible says it, it says that it's just uh, like tremors. He was the talking about. Like sorrows. It, right. And so then all of a sudden it's going to hit a big earthquake. And yeah. what are we going to do? My now? whole thing is the coronavirus or whatever the pandemic, it shouldn't change anything. Right. So you just Amen. keep on moving. You I keep think on preaching. the church Amen. needs to be the church in persecution or out of persecution. Oh, boy. That's the right. The church needs to be the church in I like it. Uh, pandemics and out of pandemics. The church That's needs right. to just The church just needs to be the church. It needs, it needs to right. love people whether they're lovable or unlovable. The church needs to be a help to people Amen. when when they need help or whether they could potentially need help. The church should always just be the church. And so I don't the only thing that should have changed with how we do coronavirus is the method, but who we are should never change. No. How right. we do it may have Amen. to adjust with the situation. We might have to to 
have more Jarmax in our church. The method may change, but but we shouldn't change. Yeah, the coronavirus is gonna end. Right. Is your faith over fear gonna end when that ends? No. Ooh, come on, somebody. Yeah. Ooh. And that's Ooh, the thing. There's that's the, the there's bottom topic line question. is that the coronavirus is you know gonna go away, yeah. and there shouldn't be like you said. If anything, I feel like this is gonna wake up people. Like you just said, is the church needs to be the church. And people are going to, you know, people's faith are going to be built up, you know, and people who made a, who might have been a little comfortable, a little stuck on the pew or a little bit, you know, this or that is God's going to shake, you know, God's going to wake. And and the thing is, is we got to just whatever momentum's build. The thing is, the church shouldn't slow down or something like this. You see, there's um, I was thinking about this um, before we came over here and I was thinking about I kind of touched on it earlier talking about things about the end times and how people get so afraid of the end times because we have this concept about end times of the apocalypse like in x-men like the greatest enemy of the x-men is this being known as the apocalypse which is like the most powerful mutant that there is and he's going to bring about the the end of the world and we think about the the apocalypse as you know all these different things but really, the apocalyptus, which is the Greek word from which the book of Revelation is named, the apocalyptus, it simply means the revealing. And, and, and so the book mm. of Revelation, what it's about, it's not about seven-headed monsters and all these things. And it's not about the earthquakes, and it's not about the, the sicknesses. It's about the first five words of the book of Revelation, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It, it, it's just That's like right. Come on, somebody. It's all about Jesus, and, and what are we? What is our relationship going to be with Jesus in and out of all the events that are happening in the Book of Revelation? And I think sometimes we get so distracted on on so many different things. Like I think about, um, I'll give another pop culture reference. Back in like 2009 or 2007, there was this movie again talking about the apocalypse. There was a, a movie called Apocalypto. And Apocalypto is about Native Americans okay. in the 1500s, uh, Mayans. And there's uh, the, the primary character is uh, he, he and his, his wife are going to have a child. And they're, you know, living in the rainforest in, in Central America or South America, wherever, I think Central America. And in the process of the movie, it goes through the drama of their life, of what life was like for Natives in the 1500s. And, and things about like there were, you know, different uh, tribes within the Mayan culture and human sacrifice was happening and all these different things. And so the, the narrative of the story goes on where he's trying to get away from a rival tribe and his wife is in, in the very end of her pregnancy. And the ending drama of the movie, one of the, the last scenes in the last 10 minutes of the movie, to me, it's very powerful. The, the main character is running from two people of the rival tribe and they get to the beach and when they get to the beach they stop running because they look out over the water and they see the conquistadors ships anchored in the bay and boats coming to their shore and what they didn't I feel the Holy Ghost right now what they didn't know while they were just living their life because in in their society in their time everything they were going through was normal how it is all as crazy as the drama is that was normal life to them but when they stood on that that shore and they saw the conquistadors coming in 
effectively the end of their civilization was upon them. And the small little battles they fought in between tribes really didn't matter anymore because the ending was coming. Come on, somebody. And, and so right. I think about the Israel, taking it to the Bible now, that Israel is fighting all these battles amongst themselves in the divided kingdom. They're fighting battles against the Philistines. They're fighting battles against the Hittites. And while they're doing all these battles and they're fighting all these little battles and they're distracted, across the desert, there's an enemy being built up called Babylon. And Babylon's going to come in and destroy the nation of Judah. While they're fighting all their little battles, the main enemy's out and he's at work. And so I I don't think we should get so distracted because of pandemics or all these other things that we lose sight that there's something bigger that's going on out there. There is a bigger enemy out there than the that's small right. battle we're fighting brother against brother and, and church against church. There's a bigger enemy out there and it is the spirit of the world that is coming a, a, against the church. But the beautiful thing is that we have Amen. is we have an even bigger God that's fighting on our side. And we can't Come on, so somebody. distracted Amen. Get about that we are here in the business of pulling people out of the mouth of hell. And that's right. We have a great big God that's fighting on our side. And I think that's that right. in the end, I Amen. Think that's what really the book of Revelation is all about. I think that's what end time prophecy is all about is we're here in the business is through all of this to save people. But the, but the good news is we've that's got right. a God that's on our side that's going to take care of all the things that seem so small and insignificant in, in in or even the things that seem big because in God's eyes, they're all small and insignificant because he's so mighty and he's so powerful right. that he can just, in a moment's right. time, can change the situation. And so don't let coronavirus keep you from a relationship with God. Don't let it distract you. Amen. I heard this, Amen. I heard this preaching one time. And, and the man of God, he said, you know, we all like, and this is perfect with, this is way pre coronavirus, you know, he's preaching and he's like, you know, a lot of us, we think that the church, you know, we, we know that the the bride, that the church is, is a representative of of the bride of Christ. And he's like, we all pick, we picture that the bride is going to be up there at the, you know, walking, walking down the aisle to, to, to meet the bridegroom and she's going to be all ripped dress and with a black eye and a fat lip barely making it you know and that's not the case the church mm-hmm. is going to prevail the church is going to be without spot and blemish it's going to be uh, I believe it's going to be beautiful and intact and, and, yeah. and strong we're going to so, win I mean regardless of the any kind of virus or any kind of war like you said any kind of enemy there is a spirit of the world and there is a battle and we must fight but yet like yeah. you said, we got a big God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I, I hate to just cut us off, but I think this is a good spot to end, we guys. We love being on with you guys. Uh, beautifully well said. We absolutely love being on with What's you guys. What's that? But there's, there's one question I want to ask Man, you it was fun. Before we get off of here. Um, yes, sir. Whenever you guys, whenever you guys die, what kind of legacy do you hope to leave by doing your podcast? Amen. I hope to leave as far as that is that I was informative that the, the podcast helped somebody 
and ultimately, I, I know this sounds kind of silly, but God was like, "Hey, you tried to do everything right. you Whenever could I to reach souls." Whenever I was telling my uh, close mentors while we were when we were starting our podcast, they asked me why, and that was a hard question to answer because I want to make sure that my heart's in the right place. I'm so glad that you guys are doing the word of mouth podcast. Amen. You guys have been absolutely incredible to be on with. Um, I don't. I, I want to speak for the both of us. The crucial conversation. Just keep doing what you guys are doing, man. You guys are rock stars. Amen. And hey, you know what? Seriously, thank you uh, for being on. I I don't know, brother Nate. We should probably do another episode oh, if you guys don't mind doing it one day. Hey, I appreciate it. I, we had a good. I had a good time. And uh, you know, next time we have a different kind of topic. And you say what kind of legacy? You know, we we pick the word of mouth as like as is the is the. Uh, you know the name of the podcast is because you mentioned something earlier about your baptismal service you had all these you had the people yeah. you know the church and you're talking about the time crunches i really believe that the people you know we talk about you know uh a restoration type you know it's like back in the previous days is is today's church i feel like there there's a lack of hunger oh my of the gosh word you of could God. say that again and so when you when you when you say what's the legacy you want to leave I want people to realize that the word of God is powerful and that it's alive and that it's not just some book and it's not something that your pastor just dusts off the shelf and just makes you makes you know people feel good every now and then or tries to scare anybody is that that the word of God uh, I just want to bring a, re- a restoration for the love of God uh, love of the word of God and, and so if that's the legacy is like get into the word let the word be in your mouth in your heart that I might not sin against God and, and that's that's my that's my view and so that's why we kind of just dig into the word and and uh, but I appreciate you guys having like coming on and I would love to do this again. It's up to you, you know. But the invitation's there. Man, we got an item I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next one already. I, I keep going. <laughs> CJ's cutting me off, but I keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, I, I hate to cut it off, man. Hey, it's my Inter app. Call back and we can call back later though, because I get up at four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> hey, I get up at five thirty too, so I get you. Hey, man, you know what's funny? We talked about it too. Is it, Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time? So when we were conversating a couple days ago, we were like, "Hey, you said it was two hours." Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Good Here's night, man." Thing, I, I know you guys don't do Arizona. It's <laughs> crazy. Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time. We all can't be perfect, so we understand. <laughs> Hey. Hey, you can have it when you got a fucking Amen. Well, hey, so if you don't. Board. You ain't lying. I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I know how we never have to do it. <laughs> hey, uh, but if, if you guys don't mind, Brian or Tony, whichever one, if you guys don't mind ending this out with a, some prayer, and uh, then that's just how we'll finish it. And then at the end, right after you're done praying, if you'll join us with what we do at the end, is we oh, always just say, I'll come on, that. somebody. Go ahead, Brian, lead us in that prayer. Uh, all right. Lord, we come to you tonight, God, in, in a time that in many people's context is very turbulent. And it may be that this podcast reaches someone right now long after the fear of coronavirus has ended and perhaps our culture's moved on to the next thing. And through it all, we want to say thank you because you have been the stable force through Amen. all of it. And you will be the stable force through our situation again. And regardless of what we face tomorrow as, a, as an individual, our society and our world is facing right now an attack from a, a virus. Our personal life 
there can be some sort of attack that has gone unmentioned or gone unknown, but you can be that stable force in the middle of our personal storm and our personal adversity, God, that you can bring peace and comfort and help and healing in every situation that I face as an individual or our listeners out there face as individuals because you are a God that is so awesome that you can move in every Amen. situation. It doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. You are the God of all of creation, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Come on. You ready? Come on. Somebody. Somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs>